Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, sports columnist over at the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined by Jason Munns, as always, our uh, Tiger Basketball beat writer. Uh, Been a busy week. We're We're recording this. We're exactly, hopefully, exactly two weeks away from the start of the uh, college basketball regular season. It's a special Um, day, Mark. What's that? It's a special day. It just dawned on me. I'm sitting here looking at my uh, Veterans Day. At my well, yes, uh, certainly, and the start of the early signing period. But it's also 11 11 2020. It's you know, it's it's. I'm I'm struck by the uh, the the pattern there. So sorry, had to get that out. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, a lot to get to on uh, this week's episode. Um, since we last joined you, the preseason AP poll has come out. Memphis was not ranked. We'll get into that. Um, the schedule has changed a little bit. Uh, Memphis's season opening opponent has changed. Um, and with COVID cases rising, both in South Dakota and around the country, it's you know creating some complications for not just college basketball, not just Memphis, but all sports. Um, we'll talk a little bit about um Musa Cisse and DeAndre Williams both uh some questions about uh their eligibility at this point two weeks out uh, Jason and I will get into that and uh like you mentioned today is early signing day for college basketball uh and Memphis uh this week is going to sign the four players that they've got committed in their 2021 recruiting class uh that's ranked among the top 10 in the country but let's start with uh the release of the AP poll, Jason Um, Memphis was the second highest team in the others receiving votes category. Um, So unranked, I I think that's a good thing. I I know like, you know, I, I, there can be, you can, you could make the argument to me and there's some national pundits out there who do their own rankings who have Memphis in that 20 to 25 range. And I, I, I would venture to guess, especially if DeAndre Williams is eligible, they should be ranked. But I think it's a good thing for this team that they're not ranked. It's it's a it's something that they can use as motivation. Um, and frankly, if they're you know these preseason rankings are you know ultimately meaningless. If you're if you're a good team, you will get ranked uh, in short order. Um, so probably deserving, but I don't think it's. Uh, worthy of storming the AP poll gates. So here's my take on it. It's not like they're ranked 39th or something like that. You know, it's not, it, they, they're knocking on the door of a top 25 mm-hmm. preseason ranking. Second thing, and I get it. I know that, you know, the circumstances with how things played out last year were very, very unique with, you know, 
uh, Wiseman, James Wiseman getting um, ruled ineligible and then ultimately leaving. So, and, and, you know, that had a lot to do with what I'm about to mention, you know, they were ranked 13th in the preseason poll last year, and we saw how that worked out. They didn't necessarily handle the expectations all that well. Um, so, yeah, I kind of look at this as fine. Um, if I'm in, in Memphis's shoes, I'm thinking, you know, great. Uh, we, 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 we didn't necessarily, um, like I said, handle expectations last year very well. Maybe this year they're better equipped to, uh, to to just sort of handle the whole thing better, and there's not going to be as much pressure necessarily uh, along with it. So yeah, I, I I think it's fine. I think it's about right. Um, and and as you said, preseason polls, preseason anything, are way more for the fans and the media kinda than anything else. Well, and, and you mentioned, I mean. Frankly, Ken Palm's got them at 39. So they're yeah. actually at 27 or whatever it is. They're higher than what Ken Palm has them right now. So, um, you know, like I said, there's probably some room to quibble. Ultimately, if this South Dakota tournament happens and Memphis plays well in it, like they go two and one uh, and get some decent wins, they're going to be ranked the very next week. Like ultimately, Without they go two and one, three and oh. Um, and so, you know, they've got – Yeah, frankly, I, I, I feel like this team has something to prove. Um, you know, they lost Precious Achua. Like, I think they're going to be really good. But, like, let, let's, make, let's make sure they go out and prove it this year. Um, yeah, if there was – There's a lot of ingredients that should make this a great team. And so I, I'm fully confident that in a week or two into the season, a week or two into the season, they will be ranked. Yeah. Um, because I think they're pretty good, yeah. but let's make sure they're pretty good this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, I think what also plays into it, um, into the, into the voters minds, um, is just sort of where they finished last year. I mean, I think that has to, uh, and people got to realize like, most AP poll, AP poll voters are not thinking, well, they, you know, they lost James Wiseman three games into the season and DJ Jeffries got hurt. And no, they're just, they, honestly, most AP poll voters are thinking, man, this team came in with a ton of hype last year and they didn't live up to it. That's, yeah. that's like, wh- whether that's accurate or not, that's how people outside of Memphis think about it, I think. If there's a quibble that I understand, it may be one or two of the teams that are ranked ahead of them. In the preseason poll, I mean, like Rutgers comes to mind immediately. Um, Rutgers was going to be an NCAA tournament team last year. Memphis true. wasn't. Like that's ultimately, true. unless they won the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but uh, and that, and that's just if I'm forced to come up with. Yeah. Well, and again, it goes into the AP poll voter thing. AP poll voters are big on narratives. And like Memphis has a narrative that works against it right now. Again, whether it's fair or not, Rutgers, on the other hand, for instance, has a narrative. Oh, this research, you know, Rutgers is finally good. Like, you know, people that's very real. Like people buy into that type of stuff, especially in the preseason poll when there's no results to hang your hat on. Um, But like I said, I think this, I mean, listen, I think this team's going to be fine. I think this is going to work in this team's favor. This is like for guys like, 
you know, Boogie Ellis, Lester Quinones, DJ Jeffries, like the guys who are, who have been here, um, like this is going to just, this is, I think this is going to be fuel for them. Um, yeah. I think Penny is going to thrive on this. Like you could see him last, remember last year when they were only ranked like 13th in the preseason poll, even then Penny was trying to use that. Like, I think Penny thrives on this type of dis, you know, sort of uh, being overlooked, if you will. Yeah, uh, I, wonder, I wonder what he would do if they come into the preseason. Like, if one day, if one year they're they're ranked, like, you know, in the top five in the preseason poll. Like, how, you know, I think he – I do – I agree with you. I think he likes to um, sort of use that. I don't think he likes it. I just think he likes using it. Like, yeah. I think he'd – I think Penny, he's made it very clear. Like, he wants Memphis to be – top five in the country or, you know, like he wants them to be a national championship contender. Um, so I, I'm sure he's not pleased that they're unranked right, right now, but again, I think he's going to use it uh, yeah. as fuel. And that, and that gets into, we mentioned the schedule. So there's only, only one other AAC team is ranked. It's Houston. And I believe no other school was even receiving votes in the preseason poll. Uh, I'm looking uh, at it now. Um, and that is correct. That yeah, is where's correct. Houston ranked. Seventeenth. Uh, so Houston seventeen, Memphis is second highest receiving votes. And then there's no one else, and I think that crystallized why this South Dakota tournament is so important, and why it is concerning, but not devastating yet. But concerning, you've had Ohio, you've had first Utah pulled out, and they got replaced by South Dakota State. Then last week at the end, towards the end of the week, Ohio state pulled out um, and they were replaced by St. Mary's. So now Memphis's opening opponent in two weeks is scheduled to be St. Mary's and not Ohio state. Then we found out uh, early this week, Dayton has pulled out and Dayton, Ohio state pulled out for the same reason in that the case, the COVID cases in South Dakota are exploding right now. And Oh, the state of Ohio has put in a, a quarantine in an effect where if you go travel to South Dakota, when you come back, you got a quarantine for 14 days. Well, obviously that is for Dayton and Ohio. That means you can't play again for two weeks, you know, so they've just, you know, they've determined it's not worth it. Um, and there were rumors that Wichita state was going to pull out because Kansas may have had a similar quarantine rule, but we have not gotten any sort of official word that Wichita State has pulled out. Wichita's got a lot, a few other things going on. I don't, we we saw yeah. last night. Uh, yeah, they, they're, they're going to probably have a new coach, an interim coach, when they yeah. start the season. Uh, Greg Marshall is gone. We can. It's. I don't. It'll be interesting to see who they hire because I think it's important for Memphis and for the league for but Wichita State to be good. Like yeah. part of the reason you brought him in was you were bringing in the Greg Marshall Wichita State, um, and luckily. I mean, they they you they spend the resources where hopefully they can get if they get the coaching hire right they sh, you know hopefully they'll uh, they'll continue to be a good a solid program in the AAC. But uh, regardless, so now you're looking at and and from what I understand, from what I've been told by a source, uh, I don't think they've officially announced this yet. But the plan is they're going to change the bracket a little bit. Texas A and M is moving to the other side of the bracket. And Utah State, who's replacing um, Dayton, is going to move to the 
to Memphis's side of the bracket. So what that means is Mem- on Memphis's side of the bracket, Memphis is playing St. Mary's and West Virginia is going to play Utah State in the first in the opening game on Wednesday. And so it means if Memphis doesn't beat St. Mary's, it's it, there's a nightmare scenario where you lose to St. Mary's, then you're forced to play Utah State, and then you might end up with your third game being South Dakota State or Wichita State or someone like that. And then you don't get what you need out of this tournament. And, but however, there's a scenario also where you beat St. Mary's, you get a game against a West Virginia team who's ranked in the top 10 in the preseason AP poll. And then you get a game. And then if you can beat them, you're potentially playing Creighton who's ranked in the top 15 in the preseason AP poll. And I bring that up going back to Houston being the only ranked team in the AAC like Memphis, Memphis really, I think, needs this tournament to go well just for its strength of schedule and for its resume um, or else it's going to be facing a scenario like so many past Memphis teams have faced where, you know, they could go 18 and two or 16 and four in conference play and still be stuck with a bad seed in the NCAA tournament because the league's not that good. And they didn't, you know, Ultimately, right now, from what we know about the Memphis schedule, we know they're going to play Ole Miss uh, in Oxford. We believe that this uh, this game against Auburn and Atlanta is still on, but it would be it would just be helpful if they got a good game or two out of this um, out of this South Dakota tournament, the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic in two weeks. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about St. Mary's. You got to play them. Um, and St. Mary's, that's a solid, it's better than playing the, frankly, I think it's better than playing South Dakota state or Utah state. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, Utah state, you know, it's funny. It's interesting. Utah state is 69 in Ken Palm. So they're actually two spots ahead of St. Mary's. So that's not a, it, if you lose to St. Mary's in the scenario where you lose St. Mary's, it wouldn't be a total disaster if you're playing Utah state, but it, it certainly isn't that name team. I think St. Mary's is going to be a better game as the season goes along. I think, I think that, I think that's, uh, I mean, that's what Memphis is hoping for. Um, but I do think uh, St. Mary's has, has a pretty high potential of being, uh, of looking better and better as the season goes along. So you want to get some surefire quad win, quad one win potential games in this, because if you look at these, if you look at the AAC, like the preseason rankings they see, hopefully some teams will surprise like SMU. Hopefully SMU will be, you know, good and USF will be good and teams like that. But like right now, it looks like your quad one win opportunities are going to be sparse in the AAC outside of playing Houston twice. Yeah, because it doesn't look like Wichita State's going to be, you know, like teams that you can usually bank on. Even Cincinnati um, doesn't look as strong as they've looked over the, you know, during the Mick Cronin years. Like they're going to be solid and it's going to be tough to win in Cincinnati. But like, again, it, it, you, you're, you're trying to get as many quad one win opportunities as you can. Um, and so that that's why this South Dakota tournament is so important. There's a, there's the potential to get two quad one games in this. Um, there's yeah. also the potential where you get none. 
Yep. So it'll be yep. it'll be interesting to see. And so what we know so far, Jason, from what you tell me if I'm wrong here, we've got the 20 AAC games that they're going to play beginning likely like December 14th around there. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss has announced that the, the game at Oxford has been preserved. So Memphis is going to play at Ole Miss in Oxford December 5th. We know they're going to play three games in South Dakota, hopefully, if that tournament, continue, you know, lives on, which, you know, I, I, I'd put it at 50-50, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully none of the other big teams pull out, like Creighton, West Virginia, A&M. Hopefully they stay in it so that it's salvageable from a – you know, you don't want to – if you're Memphis, you don't want to go take that risk of going up to South Dakota and not have any other good teams in the tournament, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so then you've got those three games. I believe Arkansas State has announced. Um, do we know what date that game is? Is it like right? It's the game after that they come back from South Dakota, right? It'll likely be likely the home opener at FedEx Forum will be a game against Arkansas State, from what I understand. Yeah, if memory serves, December second. December second. Uh... So you're looking at you're looking at Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic over Thanksgiving. Arkansas State at home on December 2nd. Ole Miss on the road December 5th. The Auburn game in Atlanta was pre, it hasn't been confirmed that that's happening still, but that was scheduled for December 12th previously. Um, yep. And so, so if you're playing, if you're playing that, chances are there's another home buy game in between the Ole Miss and Auburn game. They're in yes. the middle of the week there at some point. Um, yes. And that would, that would, fill it out right I mean that would be everything that would be yeah. every game yeah it would be 27 games now given what we're seeing around the country right now given what we're seeing you know Memphis football isn't going to play its game against Navy the SEC like the whole almost the entire schedule's off this week do I believe Memphis is going to play 27 games this year no I don't I, I think whether it's because of COVID issues at Memphis or COVID issues with other teams I don't, I don't think Memphis – I don't think anyone, frankly, is going to get – they're going to be very lucky to play all 27 games they schedule. You know, and I, I saw somebody make this point on Twitter. I forget who it was, so forgive me for that. But it, I, I thought there was something to it. Uh, when there's nothing – when there's less to play for for a team mm-hmm. – um, Oh, yeah. Players are less likely to uh, take, the, take it seriously, take the, the protocols seriously mm-hmm. and – you know, Look it, at the it, COVID it, issues in the SEC. It's not the it's not really the good teams. It's right. Mississippi State and LSU exactly. and Missouri. Yeah. Like those are the teams having COVID issues. Now A and M's having issues too. It's not like a fails you know foolproof theory. But yes, right. I think you're right. And I think also you know this is probably more speculation than anything. We're also ten or eleven days removed from Halloween, and so it seems to line up with that Halloween weekend. Um, the, this this uptick, especially at the college level, in positive cases, but yeah. um, we'll see. Um, we'll see. like I said, I think as I think there's going to be an NCAA tournament. I, I just don't think everyone we're going to get there, just like we're getting there in college football. It's not going to be pretty, probably. Um, there's going to be interruptions and disruptions, but I think the NCAA will get to an NCAA tournament this year, yeah. um, and so. For Memphis, it's about trying to make the most of a bad situation, and um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully the schedule plays out 
uh, ideally or as ideally as possible, um, yeah. especially in non-conference play where I think, you know, like I said, if Memphis can get a good game, at least one good game, like if you can beat St. Mary's and have the chance to play West Virginia at the bit, like at least get like, that's what you're hoping for at least. Um, and yeah. I think if you're a Memphis fan, you're hoping to go two and one at, at, at minimum. You don't want to go one and two in this event. You want to go try to go two and one and three and out. You have to, I think, in my mind, you have to play at least one game against either West Virginia, Creighton, or Texas A&M. I think you got to play at least one game against one of those three teams. Yeah. Well, and if, if you're going two and one, it probably means you avoided a bad loss, like a, a loss to Utah State or St. Mary's or South Dakota State. If you go one and two, chances are you lost to one of those teams. Um, yes. And so that that's – that, that should be the goal. Now, um, who exactly will be playing when we get there in two weeks? Um, that's another interesting thing. Penny hasn't spoken to the media in a while. He's scheduled to on Thursday, so tomorrow from when we're recording this. Um, we, we talked last week about DeAndre Williams and his potential impact if he – he gets this transfer waiver. Jason, do you have any uh, sort of update on that? Are, are we close? Um, what, what are you hearing on the DeAndre Williams front? Yep. I spoke to some people very recently about uh, that situation. And it seems like the delay is uh, tied to the situation that a lot of people are in the, the NCAA announced that many of its employees a few months ago, a couple months ago, they announced many of its employees were going to have to take furloughs. And as it happens, according to what I've been told, the person that was assigned DeAndre Williams's case has been on furlough for a while. Uh, but I was told that um, that person, that NCAA employee is due back from furlough next week. So I would think the, the, the general feeling is that uh, a decision will be made next week. Gotcha. Okay. So that's good. And, they, and, and we should, we should point out part of the delay is also like this, this, from what I understand, this waiver was filed much later than Landers Nolly's file uh, waiver was filed because Evansville did not cooperate in the process with DeAndre Williams, like Virginia tech cooperated in the Landers Nolly process yep. does that sound correct to you yeah which and we've talked about it it's not that it's not that you need the other school to quote unquote cooperate but it helps it helps speed it along when they don't it slows it down it, you don't need them to to actually get the stuff to go through it just helps it go faster and then another interesting topic of discussion um gary parish mentioned it on his radio show yesterday uh, I, I, you know, we, we'd been hearing some rumblings about it too. Musa Cisse is practicing with the Memphis basketball team right now. And Memphis is planning as if he will be, he is going to, you know, be there from the start of the season, but it appears much like with James Wiseman last year, the NCAA is digging deep into his background. Um, and, from what from what Gary indicated on air yesterday, and and we should point out Gary was the first one mentioning James Wiseman's eligibility issues around you know a couple weeks out from the season two. So, so I you know I, I think 
you know, you, you it seems, you know, I wouldn't, I, I'm not casting doubt on what he's saying because, you know, Gary's plugged in. Um, Gary's indication is that while everyone's hopeful Musa will be good to go from day one, two weeks from now when they're in South Dakota, he has not yet been totally cleared to play by the NCAA. Um, do you have anything to add on that situation, Jason? I mean, I can't say one way or the other where he whether he's 100% been cleared or not. I, 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 I will say part of me goes, oh, man, here we go again. Like, right. part of me is thinking that. Like, you know, when it, and especially when it comes to NCAA in Memphis, usually it doesn't work. You know, Landers Nolly was the exception, not the rule. Like, usually these things do not work out in Memphis's favor for whatever reason. Yeah, no, that's true. But I, so, I, but I, that being said, I will say that I've spoken to some people recently um, who, I mean, they, in a roundabout way, they indicated to me that um, that there are some issues that might need to be that that are currently being worked through to clear mm-hmm. up. Uh, but there is optimism. There's there, the people that I talk to aren't aren't necessarily concerned at all that whatever may happen. I think it'll get worked out before the season starts. And if it does, yeah, exactly. That that it'll get that it'll get cleared up eventually and everything will be fine. So take that for what it's worth. I mean, you know, it, it, that doesn't mean that that's. We exactly should also point out last year when Penny was asked about James Wiseman's right. eligibility, he said he was eligible. So, right. um, right. That's what uh, I was going to say. Just because, just because, yeah. like I said, take it for what it's worth. Uh, that doesn't mean that's exactly how things are going to play out. That just means that that's the, that's the thought around the program right now. And, and look, Look, when you have a top 10 recruit, especially a top 10 recruit, let's just be totally honest. Like, Musa Cisse moving from New York to Memphis, like, they're going to look into that. And so hopefully this is buttoned up better than the Wiseman's, you know, the Wiseman recruitment was. Like, let's hope, let's, uh, I'm hopeful, you know, let's hope they've learned their, you know, the all sides, you know, all sides in this, learned their lessons from last year. Um, and, that this is, you know, this isn't an issue. Um, because yeah. let's be honest, let's, let's also be clear. The NCA, it's not just Musa Cisse. Top 10 recruits around, whoever the top 10 recruits are in the country who end up in college, like the NCA is going to look closely at them. They're going to look closer at them than they do uh, the number 75 recruit in the country. Um, and then when you, you know, whether it's true or not, when you look at the surface level circumstances of Musa's recruitment, you know, someone who someone's going to raise an eyebrow and look into it. It's just the reality. And to, to expect that they, this was just going to be, oh, yep, Moose is here. Like, yeah, he's cleared. Like, I think that was probably naive on everyone's part to think that was the case. Um, and so hopefully it gets cleared up. Yeah. Hey, while we're at it, um, <laughs> I know there's there's a lot of people been wondering about Isaiah Stokes lately. Oh, yeah. Well, because um, we haven't seen we haven't seen him in any sort of videos, anything like that. With yeah, the, no. with the team's putting out there. Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, the the the, the what I've been told is that, uh, and I think it's it's you know this is not news or anything, but he hasn't been with the team for an undisclosed reason. He has not been with the team for a while. Um, I would say a few months. Um, but I was as I was doing some 
digging on these other things, I, I found out that the, um, the expectation of those within the Memphis program is that whatever he's been dealing with will be cleared up uh, by this week and then he'll be back at practice next week. Not saying that's exactly how it's going to play out, but that's the expectation of the people inside the Memphis uh, basketball program. Gotcha. Interesting. And, and the, and the bright side to all of this is whereas, whereas losing James Wiseman felt like it totally changed the trajectory of last season and the potential of last season's team. Well, I think Musa is going to be very helpful and like it obviously like you, you want him. Um, I think with the experience that they have this year, the pieces that they have, it's not, it's not as, um, it won't be as calamitous if like something happens here. You know what I mean? Like it won't be as calamitous. It's not to say something will happen. Like I want to make clear, like I have, I have no insight into whether (laughs) Musa is going to get cleared or not. And it sounds like, the staff is optimistic he'll get cleared, but the reality is two weeks out from the regular season, it appears he has not been cleared to play. Yeah. But right. Going back to your original point. Yes. The, the, the Tigers are much better suited now than they were at this time a year ago to, um, to handle anything that may come their way when it is talking specifically about Musa um, Cisse. Um, and not, and not only are they better suited, but, Again, as you pointed out, Musa is not James Wiseman. I mean, he's a he's a uh, an insane rebounder, big time shot blocker, but he has flaw. His game is more flawed than than James Wiseman's ever was. You don't think he's going to come in and just dominate college basketball like James could have, probably? No, I think I think he's going to be good. I think he'll be. He's got a chance to be very very good, um, but. From the from the what I've he's been not quite the finished product. Not that James was a finished product, but it seems like he's, you know, if he's he's more of a block of clay than your than an uh, than a fully formed urn at this point. Yeah, I think his biggest issues right now are turnovers. His his, his he's not very sure handed and um, foul trouble. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he's got a lot. He's going to have to learn how to defend and how to be aggressive on the defensive end of the floor without getting into foul trouble. So I think those are really the two biggest things that he's got going against him right now. Gotcha. Well, hopefully we see him in two weeks in South Dakota. Uh, We'll wrap things up with this. It's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle just because of everything going on in the world, whether it's the election or the, or COVID or, uh, you know, all that, but uh, early sign, the early signing period for college basketball started today. Um, Memphis obviously has those four recruits, um, Jordan Nesbitt, Sam Iamide, who am I forgetting here? Name John Camden. Two. John Camden. And Josh Minot. And Josh Minot. I'm sorry, yeah. So, and it's it's a top 10 recruiting class, maybe top five, but certainly top 10. Uh, I, think they're, I, think, I think they're actually at 12 right now. Oh, 12? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they've fallen yeah, out. Some, some of the – some of the rankings got moved around in the last couple of weeks. And so it, but, but still very good. It's a good well, recruiting yeah. class. It's a, and they might add someone else, you know, they might have, they're not, 
they could add someone else, whether it's via transfer or another recruit in the late period too. Yeah. Like back it come the spring. But I mean, you never know. They could get in a, they could get one more toward the end of the early period. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Oh, you got a name you want to drop or no? Well, I, I just I I think there's been uh some momentum toward uh Ty Ty Washington. He's a top fifty um point guard. Uh mm-hmm. Who, who plays for a school in Arizona and um, he's considering a few other schools, but it sounds like Memphis is one way or another. They are in the mix, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, it's a little fuzzy right now gotcha. uh, where, where that well, went. Do you expect any complicated, like all four of these guys who have committed are expected to sign. Like there's no complications, correct? Correct. Jordan Nesbitt has already signed this morning. Uh, Josh Minot is signing is scheduled to sign here in about 20 minutes, uh, which would be 11 a.m. Um, Central Wednesday. Time mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah. And then uh, I spoke with John Camden's mother this morning, Susan Camden, who told me that uh, Sam and John, who uh, live together. Yeah. Well, sort of. John lives now in he, he goes to Brewster Academy. So he's oh. out of the house. But uh, Sam lives with John's family mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. They are supposed to sign Friday together. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, and, and you know, we should point out Memphis did this down an assistant coach. Um, so really impressive, just to read it, really impressive. Uh, it feels like recruiting period for Penny Hardaway, uh, Tony Madlock and uh, Cody, Cody Topper. Um, so um, it, it's it, the future, you know, it seems like, we said this a few weeks ago when, when these guys were committing rapid fire, it just seems like the roster this year is more experienced. Um, you're, 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 you've got more veterans and it seems like now Penny is in a situation where he's in much better. He's in a much better position to not only is he getting older with his roster, he's going to be able, it, there's just going to be more stability and he's going to stay older um, because he's getting the type of recruits who multiple year recruits, um, and that's not to say he's done going after one and done guys, but, um, I think Penny's re- Penny has embraced that you need a mix. You know, you can't just have these star studded, you know, you can't just have all James Wiseman's you got to have some, some diversity. And frankly, that, that number one class now looking back in retrospect with guys like Boogie Ellis, Lester Quinones, DJ Jeffries, Malcolm Dandridge, I, I don't know. It, Recruiting wise, Penny, I feel like is as good as anyone in the country. Like he's got this, he's got it down. Like he knows what he's doing and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a boon for Memphis. Yeah, very much so. He's, he's, he's kind of got, uh, got a real good handle on recruiting and, and, um, and yeah, that's good. Just got to keep it up. All right. Well, uh, we will, uh, wrap things up with that. Um, like I said, two weeks away from the regular season, um, and uh, I can't wait. I hope everything goes off without any, uh, with, without too many disruptions. Because um, I, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing this Memphis team play. I think you should be really looking forward to seeing this Memphis team play because I think they. Uh, it feels like this is the team that is going to break this the NCAA tournament drought. Like this is the team, and. Uh, can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him start. So uh, we'll join you next week. We'll be a week closer 
to uh, the South Dakota tournament and the start of the college basketball season. Until then, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Uh, Thanks so much and enjoy the rest of your week. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.